Hello and welcome to Signals from the Hill. I'm Kat, I do marketing for Avery Hill Publishing. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Taki Soma about her book, Sleeping While Standing, which comes out very soon from Avery Hill. Sleeping While Standing is just one of many great books that are coming out with Avery Hill this year. Head over to averyhillpublishing.com for more information. They're also available from all good book and comic shops and digital editions of our books can be found at our Gumroad shop. I'm here with Taki Soma, whose book, Sleeping While Standing, which I have here, is coming out very soon with Avery Hill Publishing. Um, so thank you for talking to me, Taki. Um, thank you for having me. I was reading through your book today um, prior to doing this, and I think one of the things that I love about it is it kind of reminds me, it kind of feels like um, the experience of getting to know a person in, a, in real life, because the way you've kind of done these sort of short anecdotes it just feels like a really natural way to kind of get to know a person like when you meet a new person they don't sit you down and tell you about their life from like the moment they were born until the present <laughs> leaving nothing out it's more like you hear one little story and then another time you hear a different story and it starts to add build into this picture of the person and I just felt like the way your book has this kind of structure of little anecdotes was that's how it felt to me reading it I don't know if that makes sense to you <laughs> it does it that wasn't actually the intention um starting off uh but um it absolutely ended up being that uh as a whole um after I stepped back and looked at all of the little short um stories that I've you know I've drawn and uh written uh, I'm like I, I'm not really sure how to like um make this into a linear story really you know it just it was so random mm -hmm. um but yeah uh, I I had I had seen a, a little bit of a pattern or a little bit of a rhythm that kind of made sense so hopefully um yeah it, it feels like a whole meal of, of, of a story instead of just really random <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no it definitely does yeah um so, and I, I think I read in one of the introductions or the four words of the book, um, your friend Brian saying how you had been sort of working on some of these stories for quite some time and sort of starting to share them with, with people. Um, did, you, did you sort of end up with loads more than you used for this book? Or, I mean, were you having to decide what to include and what not to include? Yeah. That was probably the hardest thing to do was to decide what stories to tell, um, because obviously, you know, many people have many things that they've gone through in their life. And, um, and I'm, I'm a believer that any incident can be made into a story. Um, so, you know, um, like, um, the story murder um, was just literally just, it's just a, an experience I had just reading a newspaper. Mm -hmm. Really, yeah. but it's just step back and just, it, it's about reading a newspaper. It's very mundane, really. Um, but uh, so yeah, to, to decide which stories to tell and how I tell it um, and which stories I just didn't feel comfortable or um appropriate or um you know it's just too private I guess um 
making those decisions were quite hard because I want to be an open book, but I also want to um, be respectful of people who um, might get hurt mm. from stories. Yeah, because you, you come across as a very open person reading this book, you do touch on some really kind of um, personal stuff. Is that is that some, how you've always been as a person, just sort of happy to talk about things? Or did you have to sort of come to that point? Uh, well, I used to be a person who um, who was who hid behind comedy. So right. um, I I answered everything in a really cheeky, funny way. Um, and I, I now realize that um, it was just a protection, mm. you know, it was a shield, it was a mask I had. Um, and I still have it. I, I enjoy that mask. I, 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 I like it. Mm. Um, but I also enjoy um, um, being open and being um, authentic um, because it's therapeutic. Mm. And it's just, you know, uh, it taught me um, growth um as a human being and you know so um now I, I think I have a good balance of like you know um being open and being comfortable being open and still have my um funny side mm. um, and I don't feel like it's inauthentic to have that I guess a mask on because it's part of who I am as well so yeah, I mean, I do think it's interesting. I know a lot of people that that are kind of use comedy as a sort of deflector, um, um, but at the same time, you know, humor is a way of of just dealing with things in a in a healthy way. So it has to be a balance, I think. Um, I listen to a lot of mental health podcasts that are kind of from um, America, and it always strikes me that at least the people that I hear talk on these podcasts they're very open um, compared to a lot of people in the UK because I think there are cultural differences <laughs> from from <laughs> different parts of the world as to how willing people are to open up about personal stuff um, but I don't know whether you found that that do you think Americans in general are, are kind of more open um boy it, that's really I, I'm from Japan and I think, you know, if you're not Japanese, uh, the initial like uh, impression of Japanese people are very, you know, we're very reserved and we're- I was wondering that, yeah. Yeah, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I agree, mm -hmm. you know? I think that's a generalization that can be applied, of course, um, but if you, um, just talk to anybody in individually. Uh, I think um, we all yeah. find that like it's it's just it's we're all just people. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> don't feel like I came to America and I'm like, oh, now I know how, how yeah. to like open and stuff like that. I think it was just it already in me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That had been in the back of my mind. I was wondering whether. I see some of that kind of reserve um, in Japanese people, similar to English people, but it's just, I think it's just person to person. Um, and as you say, when you get to know someone one-to-one, -one, um, usually people are quite open. Um, yeah, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, the, 
other thing that really, really fascinated me was reading in some of the, the introductions to your book, um, how much you love editing. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think your husband, Michael, describes it as your mission statement. Is that right? <laughs> I think that was in his intro. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. I think in the, also in your um, afterword in the book, you talk about how much you loved the working within the sort of structure you set of the four page limit. Um, and I wondered if you could talk a bit about that, why you enjoyed it so much. Yeah, um, well, you know, I'm really, really, really getting into uh, writing more and more and more. Um, uh, you know, uh, I just finished um, teaching uh, my second semester at um, Portland State University with uh, Brian Bendis on writing comics. So, um, I've just been immersed in like thinking about um, and reading other, you know, uh, students' um, approach to storytelling. And I've been learning so much. Um, and I've, uh, you know, and I've, I've always, enjoyed writing, but I never really thought of it in such a uh, methodical way. It was always like, I just kind of followed my heart, but I didn't really know like, why do I do the things I do? Why does, why do I think certain things click and work? Um, I just kind of, um, I would just work toward, you know, um, something that clicks and I don't know um, why or how, but I just know that like, if I just keep working and I just keep writing, then something will click and um, all of those things. Um, but now I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm at a point where I'm actually really thinking about uh, the why and um, what works for me and what doesn't work for me. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that just because I don't like it. That it doesn't it's yeah. it's not uh you know it's it's a it's a bad uh way of approaching storytelling um so you know working in four pages or less as a you know um a parameter to just like it's just it's just a rule i set just for this book and it was just just challenging enough that i it really made me think about that more and more and more like well why 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 do I have to have this line um, when I'm showing it here mm. and I only have this much room and there's so much going on I need that moment to really resonate you know so you have to do a lot of math actually mm. and it's kind of fun to make the, uh, those like uh, Lego pieces kind of fit together and puzzle pieces fit together. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, you know, um, that challenge is, is it, it, it kind of taps into that um, part of your brain where, where you love, you know, doing the puzzles and like when it fits, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. I think I, that's something I love about comics. Um, because it just forces you to be kind of economical um, 
I did a literature degree and I was used to writing really long essays and just waffling. And I think I have a tendency to just waffle on and use way too many words than I need to. So comics are a great discipline for making you, you know, like you say, examine every single word and why it's necessary and things. So, yeah, I can definitely understand that. Also, I, I just love I love your love of editing. Um, for a long time, I worked in a theatre and they had really long plays, like the plays would be three hours plus, sometimes three and a half hours long. And so many times I would sit watching it going, like re-editing it in my head going, okay, I would cut this scene, you know, this scene needs to be cut in half <laughs> and kind of rewriting it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, they're completely different art forms and it's quite hard to in theatre like if you cut a scene in half you could cut somebody's whole part out of the show so there's all these different considerations and things but I always found it incredibly frustrating that that things were so long-winded um, which they don't tend to be in comics it's quite a disciplined sort of art form I think. Um, yeah I agree well I I, I don't really know much about theatre or theatre writing at all but um, I just feel like um, those scenes tend to be long uh because it's supposed to be an experience mm -hmm. you're not there just just for um to to uh to to um understand a storyline you know mm -hmm. uh, there for the experience like you're there for the every mood and every you know so i think yeah it is different you know i yeah i wonder like what like how differently like playwrights um, approach story um, versus like a comic writer. Yeah, yeah, it must be very different. Um, how much sort of feedback did you have from Ricky working on Sleeping While Standing in terms of the editing? You know, not much. He's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's, um, he's pretty hands-on. He, he trusts, I think, his creators and, uh, um, yeah, he was so easy to work with. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I, I've lent on him a little bit with my writing because I was always confident on the art side of things, but really not confident on the writing. So when I started writing my own stories, I wanted to have an editor helping me, you know, helping me just look at it and decide if stuff could go. Um, and he's been really good at that. But yeah, he's he's also really good if he trusts the person to just do their own work. He's perfectly happy for that to happen as well. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, um, he did make one suggestion um, as far as like <clears throat> uh, what stories I, uh, I wanted to finish off the book with, you mm -hmm. know, uh, I was like, well, I have certain ideas here, here are my ideas. And he's just like, well, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe talk about why you, you like comics. And mm. I worked on that and that ended up being the, the last story in, in the book because it just felt like, like a, a complete journey. Mm. Yeah, so I'm think, really glad that he made that suggestion. Yeah, yeah, I think he's quite good at sort of beginnings and endings and thinking about how to, you know, structure that side of things. Um, that, that was another aspect of your book that I thought was really interesting and that I haven't really seen before was 
the fact that you included some of the process of making the book in the narrative of the book, which I thought was so cool, because <laughs> I think as a reader, it kind of just makes you feel involved, like you're watching this thing come into being, which you're reading. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting. Um, what made you decide to include those bits? Are you talking about like um, when I uh, talked about uh, friends and how he came up with the title for the book? Yes, that's the one. Yes, there's that one. And then also you you talk about talking to Brian and how he had a, a suggestion for you about including more humor and things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. He was so right, Brian was so right about that. Um, like I said, I, I, I hide behind humor. Hiding isn't the right word. It's mm. just it's a big part of my life to be, to use humor. Um, and uh, yeah, and I was working through a lot of dark stuff. Um, so, you know, I, you, you are, you're not this person. I mean, deep inside you are, everybody has, you know, layers, absolutely. But I'm, he's like, but I really need to, like, I need people to know how funny you are. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, um, I just thought it was funny that um, he talked about how dark my stories are. And then later that day, I'm like lamenting to Mike, that I'm like, boy, I really have to rethink all of my stories because, or, you know, from, from here on out, because I was, I was gonna, this is the point where I was gonna go into like the darker stuff. Yeah. But maybe, maybe, maybe not, maybe it's too much. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the darker stuff is actually not in the book because, because of Ryan and, uh, and I think that was a good choice. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, it can probably find its way into other projects and things in the future if, if that's something you want. But yeah. 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 And then with, uh, with, uh, with um, Ethan Johnson, he's the one who um, had a dream that, uh, uh, that he you know, came across a, a, a graphic novel and they have my name on it and it said sleeping while standing and he like drew a little like um cover for it and stuff like he was like well it kind of looked like this and had a tree on it and blah 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 and I was like reading it and I was like really really like happy for you and blah 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 and um it, it just came to me um through text and I was like oh well I I if and at, at this time like I uh you know I didn't have Avery Hill um as my publisher yet I just I, I was just working on these stories just kind of whatever and um, I'm like well if this ever gets published I think this has to be the title uh, and um, you know and I just thought it was such an interesting story um, because and and it's kind of it, it's a very meta way of like oh that's the title of this book <laughs> that's in, in the story you know it's just kind of silly um but uh I just thought um it's just too good of a story mm. to not tell it you know yeah um it felt like kismet it was just just perfect and 
and then yeah and then I just thought about like our friendship and like how um our friendship molded my perception of what you know marriage and relationships are um, all about and stuff like that so it was just appropriate and of course I got his permission um to use his name Mm -hmm. and his wife's name stuff like that so you know that felt good that you know uh, I can tell the story and I have his permission permission so yeah well it is it's such an interesting little detail um and it does yeah it it just fits in slots in really nicely in the story and I think as I said as it almost makes you feel invested in the book you're kind of you can almost see it coming together as you're reading which is really nice oh good yeah I mean what one of my uh ultimate goal uh, in this in this, in this uh, project was just um I wanted to make connections mm. I wanted um uh, to have I wanted people to feel like they know um what I was feeling because they too felt it um in different circumstances but they understand that emotion Mm. you know um that it's um emotions are universal and that was like my main goal um Mm. putting this book together so yeah yeah there was another thing in Brian's introduction that really interested me he mentioned that you had been telling your friends some of these stories kind of just over the years but that the experience of reading your comics was completely different about you know when you're describing the same story and he called it a different what did he call it a different kind of sharing I think yeah um and I wonder what you make of that why um why it would be such a different experience hearing a story firsthand from someone versus how they've decided to sort of draw and write it in comic form oh interesting I I suppose because he's a storyteller himself a really good one (laughs) I think he's got a future in comics but who knows (laughs) Uh, uh, um, and I think you know he's actually a really good um storyteller like verbally himself he's he's very animated and he's um he knows he knows how to tell you know he, uh, go go into anecdotes and just make it fun and punchy and um but it is different um when you hear it in person and you get the whole um the voice and the um and you know how animated they are or the volume of their voice and stuff you know you you get the whole experience and when it comes to comics you you have to approach the story a little bit differently because it is a visual storytelling but it is static Mm. and you um you have to find that voice through the the words that you choose and the the layouts that you choose and you know um, the body language that you use and stuff like that so it is absolutely different than just hearing it from a person's point of view because you know it's when I tell a story it's pretty casual you know I I don't really think about um, 
how do I tell this in, in, in you know, like a short spurt of however many words uh, and, you know, um, how do I make it, make sure that it resonates and how do I make sure that it's got a rhythm and all that stuff? Like, I don't really think about that in person. Mm. So um, yeah, it is different. Like it's more thoughtful, I think, mm. um, you know, when you have to um, write it and put it through a comic book, you know, um, sequential storytelling it is, it is different. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think comics are a really, a really kind of clever form of communication, somehow just really visceral and you get the words and the pictures working together. So I kind of, I felt like he, that was just him commenting on how powerful your comics work is in the sense that, you know, he already knew the story, but it was like he was getting a whole different perspective on it in the way you were telling oh. it. I like your answer so much better. I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> yeah, you should find out. <laughs> find out what he meant. But yeah, I just I just thought it was a really nice comment um, and really interesting to thought-provoking. Um, yeah. The other thing that I found interesting in, I think it was in Michael's um, piece of writing in the book, was he talked about um, how you'd had long periods of not really making any work. Um, that was something I could relate to as well, because I, and this ties into, I wanted to ask about your route into comics and how you sort of um, got there, because I know for me, I had a long period where I'd always done art and drawing, but I didn't know what to do with it. And your comic where you talk about going into advertising because you were just like, well, this isn't a job, this isn't a career. <laughs> I had all those feelings and people would just say, well, can't you just be an artist? And I was like, well, you try that and see how, how easy that, that is. See if you can pay your bills. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I had many years of doing other things and not really, and also I felt like for a long time, I didn't really know what I wanted to say. So it took me years to reach a point where I felt like I had something to say even. Um, so, but he was kind of, he pointed out that even when you're not making work, you're kind of doing a lot of thinking and you're, you're sort of almost telling stories in your head anyway. Um, so yeah, um, I was just interested in that and how you sort of found your way into comics. Cause you mentioned that it was quite a sudden change in, in the book from when you, were, you began to do your advertising sort of studies. Um, so how did that actually happen and what was your route into actually making comics? Well, um... So I've, I've always been an artist. Um, it was just in my blood, it was in my bones. So it was not a question of, you know, uh, uh, do I wanna be an artist or not? I, 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 was, I just came out of my mama as an artist, <laughs> but you know, I like nobody else in my family um, or really like close friends or anything, um, they weren't, they were, I didn't have any uh, artist friends to aspire towards mm -hmm. or have any kind of like, um, you know, direction to say, oh, I, I think I want to do that and make a living doing whatever they're doing. Um, so I felt really, really lost um, in art. Um, I, I absolutely love making art. Um, I love telling stories, but um, I also wanted to not starve. I, I wanted to pay my bills and not 
you have a heart attack every month. <laughs> so yeah, it was um, it was incredibly difficult difficult to make that leap. Um, but so I started reading um, American comics in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. And I started going to um, an advertising uh, school and I was working in an ad agency uh, in my late 20s. And uh, while I was going to school, like you know, one person just pulled me aside and they're like, look, you, it's, this is not an insult. I just think that you don't belong here. You love comics so much. It's all you talk about. Maybe you should think about it. And the next day I dropped out and I started uh, pursuing comics. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, because it was, he was right. Mm. Was found. Uh, he, it, he was absolutely right. Um, so I, I was like, well, I guess I'll starve, but I'll be happy. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, and then, and then I just kind of, I just got myself like a, uh, reception job and so I can just like um have the bandwidth yeah uh, left uh after work to to just start working on my career towards uh comics so yeah that's that's what I did I just got a a, a mundane job mm-hmm. and um I just started working towards getting a job in comics that's brilliant yeah, I think a lot of people have this idea that that you have to kind of go all or nothing. But I had I had a similar job for almost 20 years, for 18 years, which was just the easiest job in the world. And it was something where I could just have enough energy left to do my work, but also not worry that I was going to be on the street. Um, and I yeah. did that for 18 years and I loved it. I didn't want to leave, but I lost, I just lost the job. And then I was forced to kind of um, figure it out. But I think people have this idea of you're going to go, go for comics. You have to find a way to do it full time. And I don't know, that's putting a lot of pressure on, I think, as long as you can make work, you know, somehow. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of professional comic artists or well, not just artists, but comic book creators, um, have other jobs mm-hmm. and um and or they have a, a spouse who um can support you know the family um you know like a combined um income mm-hmm. is, you know um and then there are really successful ones who just are independently wealthy um just off of making comics which is great too so there's this wide range of like possibilities um that of you know uh success in comics but in the end I I was like well it'll be nice to be like independently wealthy off of comics but that isn't my goal Mm. you know uh it'd just be nice Uh, my goal is I just wanted to make comics so I think having that kind of attitude really helped um, in my uh, confidence in me, uh, you know, go, going into it. Cause I didn't have high expectations of like, I'm gonna be a millionaire and you know, whatever. Cause if you did, then I'm failing hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, when I first, I, I did illustration work before I got into comics. And one of the first things that happened was I went to Borders Bookshop while it still existed. And I went into <laughs> a, a section that had some books on doing illustration as a career. And the first book I picked up just said, if you're thinking about going into illustration as a career, don't do it. It's one of the hardest things. And it was so depressing to read. But at the same time, I was kind of grateful that I heard it. That was the first thing I heard. And so that kind of set my my expectations at that level and I was just kind of like well if I do try it'll be really hard um but I I, I still kind of want to try <laughs> um, yeah so it's helpful I think it's satisfying you know to uh I, I think they, some people say don't do it because it's hard it's just kind of reading out um any like high expectations uh out of you know uh career path that can be very very difficult to climb mm. yeah yeah but if you're if you're still willing to do it I think you know you have a pretty good attitude toward mm. the, the 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 medium yeah um one other thing I wanted to ask you about oh <laughs> I just I'm so impressed with the the creativity of your kind of page designs for this book that like every story has a sort of different approach um, visually and you've got some really really creative kind of moments with what you do with panels and the design and um, just in my head at the moment is the one where you talk about how your cat went missing while in a locked room <laughs> and you've got like the cat the missing cat on the side of the milk carton and stuff and it's just so funny and then a whole detective thing with <laughs> cork board and pins and it's so amazing I wonder whether how you I mean do you sort of do a lot of exploratory sort of sketching or is this just kind of in your head and it just kind of goes onto the page yeah I I, I I'm not a sketcher I don't I have a sketchbook and I've had this sketchbook for like three years now I think there's nothing in it literally yeah. nothing in it um I'm just I'm just not a doodler mm -hmm. um I'm I'm a I'm a workman artist like uh if there's a purpose to drawing then I'll I'll do it mm -hmm. I'm the same um, actually this is really reassuring for me to hear because good. that's how I am and I sometimes worry that I'm I'm kind of like oh maybe I'm not doing it right <laughs> like other people have you know will sketch a page hundreds of times and have all these ideas and finally narrow down to the thing they want to do whereas I draw the first thing that comes into mind <laughs> I just think it draw it and that's done um but I yeah. just think everyone works differently and what what matters is that you're doing the work so it doesn't it doesn't really matter at the end of the day but yeah absolutely nice. like my husband is a complete opposite like he's mm -hmm. a doodler like he has to he, I, I think he just constantly needs to draw like mm -hmm. that just you know even more than myself like I'm like oh, you know I am an artist but um he's he's like that's every molecule in his body is just is an artist he mm -hmm. has to do be he has to be drawing um I'm more drawn drawn towards um um the aspect of like storytelling mm. and um and uh you know um because i think that's a, a form of art in itself mm. um and more and more uh i'm more drawn drawn towards like um 
writing um, than drawing, mm -hmm. um, especially because the way I, like I said, I, I, I draw what I have to draw, mm -hmm. but I'm not a doodler and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm starting to really like understand my brain a little bit and I'm like, oh, oh, you want to do that <laughs> more than you want to draw. Okay. All right. So, but, you know, um, drawing for me is, you know, it's just in me. So I may not be the best artist, um, but it is something that I think it just has to be done. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm very similar. I don't I don't feel like I enjoy it a huge amount. I love when I've done a drawing and I'm really proud of it. I'm like, yeah, this is this is good. But I I don't love the process. I don't sit down going, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I get to draw for however many hours. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like you, I kind of feel a, a bit of a like compulsion. Like I'll probably always do it. Um, but it is, yeah, it's funny. I guess everyone yeah. has their own their own way of working. <laughs> um, yeah, that reminded me. You mentioned Michael and how at the end of the book you, or, or maybe it's in his no, it's in his uh, forward introduction. He mentions that you're working on a graphic novel together. Um, <laughs> I wonder. You probably can't share much of what that's about, but um, how has that been to work on a, a book with your your husband? <laughs> Well, we worked on um, books together before. Oh, yes. um, yeah, well, comics, mm. you know. Um, so this is a, it's, a, it's about Van Gogh. And oh. um, uh, I, I just, um, this is the first time though that uh, I'm the only writer and he's the artist. Um, it used to be like, we worked together before where I would, um, we would call right and uh, he'd usually do the art and I'll usually do the colors. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this is entirely like, uh, I, I wrote it, he's gonna draw it and I'm gonna color it. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, the, the, the script is done. Mm -hmm. So we just have to kind of, you know, well, he's done his part. <laughs> I still have to do the coloring to um so we can start pitching to uh publishers and you know stuff like that but yeah i'm excited about it um i'm i'm continuously working on other projects too like i have two other projects that i'm kind of um starting to like plot out and stuff so i can start writing um and i'm coloring two series right now wow yeah you're busy <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah well I, I really look forward to seeing that book it sounds great and I think it's lovely that you have that relationship where you can work together creatively <laughs> it's really lovely yeah it is actually if if, if um I recommend it to everyone <laughs> really <laughs> if you can get yourself a Michael Oming <laughs> then do that and make comics together because it's it's an incredible um, experience um, we get along really well. We respect each other and we kind of trust each other. So the working, you know, together on any projects, it, it's really stressless. Like we work, it's, it's really seamless. It's really easy. So I'm really, really thankful for that. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Um, I'll make sure that people, um, that your links are underneath this so people can find you. Do you have a website? I don't. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm on social, but I bandwidth. I yeah. don't have much. So, well, yeah. Um, yeah. You have to focus. I don't on... have a website, but maybe someday. Okay. But right now, I just have social and it's um, Takisoma. Okay. I'll include the links and the link to buy your book, which is fantastic. Everyone should read it. Um, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you so much. That was really fun. Thanks again to Taki for talking to me and thank you for listening.